0: I'm Kristen Burkle, and this is Sex, Drugs, and Soul. Mm -hmm. In a moment, Tracy's going to join me, and I really have to say I admire her bravery for the topics that she wants to dive into today, namely grief. Uh, We thought it would be interesting. She recently lost her dad in January, and I lost mine 10 years ago, and so we thought it'd be an interesting episode to give um, those two different perspectives, one that's fresh and then one that's a little further down the timeline. <laughs> Welcome, Tracy. I I feel like um, we should backtrack a little bit <laughs> because yes. I was giving like a little snippet of what we wanted to dive into, but I think it's kind of a, f- a little funnier, lighter lead in <laughs> to talk about some of the adjustments that I'm having, I was t- just telling Tracy that I am adjusting. I just moved in with my boyfriend, like, literally, this is day three. And, um, you know, I'm getting adjusted to uh, living with three dogs and a cat. And, and she goes, Oh, there's a cat too. <laughs> it's definitely it right. some of my tendencies come up. <laughs> I like, I vacuumed you know. before I'm on with you. And he's like, Should I tell you that this whole house was vacuumed and mopped and everything three days ago? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I had that same thing thought. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: as my boyfriend just swept this morning, because I never do. Um, well, the thing is, like I don't really like to sweep. He doesn't like to clean the bathroom. So we kind of. I'll clean the bathroom and he will sweep. We have hair everywhere. So I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I moved in with two dogs. So, and I was not prepared. And now I have like four cats that live in my yard too. So we're kind of in the same boat.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I'm I'm embracing it. Like I love the cuddles. I love being in a Christian sandwich with a dog on one side and CR on the other and and I love like his love for the animals and his love for me. And, and so like, I'm coming around, but I'm just like, it's making my OCD cleaning things. Like I have to give it a little bit of a break. I like, give my- <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: I um,
0: you know, yeah, I actually and just ex- read and,
1: in- oh, I'm sorry. I just have. read in a, in this book that, um, perfectionism will create you to be more, like obsessive compulsive over things and it says to try a practice of not cleaning before a friend comes over you know so maybe next time don't clean before you do one of
0: these <laughs> yeah because I think it it worked it, it ramped up my anxiety a little bit and I was just like focusing right. and like scrubbing or like you know instead of like hanging out in the hammock and like tuning in and just breathing and and just like reading or journaling or something like that. Um, yeah. So lesson. learned. (laughs) Mm. Well, let's take a deep breath. I am excited too, about setting up a space. I love your background and I'm excited about setting up a space upstairs where he said that like I could have that loft area as like my own. And I want to have like, you know, put my bed and stuff there and then like have a little cute couch or like, like create a little studio for the podcast and so that's the vision but like of course like my perfectionism is like I want it done yesterday <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah, I'm like
1: trying to oh, I feel that hope. because I have to like meet in the middle with him like he wanted gray curtains and I don't like the color gray it's very like depressing to me and yeah. um he was like let's do these gray back, uh, blackout curtains. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, then I want plants everywhere, which he likes plants too. And so to, you know, accommodate me as well, he, we have these blackout gray curtains that I don't like, and he put a bunch of palm trees in front of them. So mm-hmm. I don't maybe, good. thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I
0: guess it is about compromise and communication.
1: Oh, for sure. <sighs> With
0: but and I also a learning want to say, experience. Um, you know, before you came on, like I was telling about how we were going to dive into to grief and share some perspectives because yours is really fresh and mine is 10 years out. And I think that's like an interesting perspective. And I, But I also want to say like, and just speak to that there is no way that I would have done This I feel like uh, whenever I was in your shoes, and so I just think it's very brave and badass and strong. Um, it brings tears to my eyes. (laughs) I
1: know. I'm
0: already. I'm like, that's my fucking friend.
1: (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. You know, it's actually interesting. I woke up this morning. I'm reading this book called "The Unwavering Focus" and or Mm -hmm. "The Power of Unwavering Focus." And, um, I opened up the chapter to death, the greatest impetus. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is interesting. <laughs>
0: oh, it makes me want to grab. And I will, I'm going to grab a book real quick and maybe you can read a little snippet and I'll read a little snippet and then we'll, um, I would love that. Yeah,
1: I would love that. I did actually save something for it. So I'm excited.
0: Oh hey, video! (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Okay. Um, you want to read? In yours?
1: Yeah, actually. Um, so I saved a um, just a little section that I was like, this is perfect for this. Um. So this book, by the way, the, uh, the power of unwavering focus is by Dan Dapani. Um, I'm sure Kristen will add it to the, to the comment box, but it's, uh, death is the greatest impetus and it's the third impetus for leading a focused life. And Mm -hmm. he says, I'll quote the Dalai Lama who so wisely summarized the intent of this lesson in a single phrase. Analysis of death is not for the sake of becoming fearful, but to appreciate this precious lifetime. Mm -hmm. By embracing the fact that we will die one day, we come to realize the preciousness of life. Death is not to be feared, but rather embraced as a natural part of our existence on this earthly plane. And... Uh, It's interesting, man. I started crying because I was like, wow, Um, because it's perfect for this moment. Because for me, like I lost like focus on life. And it's interesting because the chapter before is called living life joyously. And when I was 18, I got a tattoo that says joie de vivre, which is the joy of living life. I mean, it's I and I kind of lost sight of that after um my dad died I kind of just I don't know I started fear arised in me and I stopped focusing on what brought me joy and I stopped focusing on the joy of actually living um and we can also dive we'll dive more deeply into that I do want to read what or I want you to read what you have um but yeah it was just interesting um so this opening up this this morning was it was a beautiful, beautiful way to start the day. So
0: beautiful synchronicity, and I just want to speak that to that too. I feel like grief has been one of my biggest teachers, like hands down, definitely one that I don't feel like I was ready for. I don't know if we ever are really ready, quote unquote, for it. Um, but I do believe that it also helped. Not not to say that it wasn't like excruciating and dark and depressing at times. And like I think like it's natural to process and feel all the feels and that sort of thing too. But I think you can get stuck in some of it and then it becomes familiar. Like the the, um, the darkness or the depression becomes familiar and then like to move out of that becomes a challenge. I feel like I st- stayed in mind a little longer. Um, but it gave, you know, truth to what your book said about like about the gift and like without death, would we be able to recognize the gift of life? Because it's so fleeting and precious.
1: And... It is, and we don't really truly talk about it. Um, you know, like no one ever really sits you down and says, "Let's talk about death." I mean, I know my mom never did. Um, my parents never really said, "Okay, this is what happens," you know. And I feel very grateful that you know, before this, I only lost my grandfather. Well, I shouldn't say only, but I lost my grandfather, and that was the only real. Major death beside in my family. I mean, I lost friends, but this was like your family. Like, this is your lineage. This is something that connects you mm-hmm. to so many different things. And, um, and I wasn't prepared. I mean, I don't think that you can ever be. Um, but it opened up like so many things for me. It opened up a lot of fear, um, for my own life. And I'm just, I'm just now realizing that in a way, yes, it was a catalyst, but also it's helping me to understand that this life is joyous and I am going to die. And I mm-hmm. do understand that I will at some point. I don't know when, but I don't want to continue to fear for when it will happen. I would love to just continue to live my life in the way that I have been. Like I'm, I'm a very happy person normally. And like this kind of brought out a lot of sadness. Um, I mean, obviously it would for anybody, but I don't know. I'm just now focusing more on healing me and healing parts of me that I have neglected for a long time. And also just focusing that um, switching from life is being short to life is infinite. And Mm. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of like, that's a good perspective to look at it too. Um, I think there's a couple of things that came up. It's like, sometimes I feel like we are, we before, at least I, I'll speak from experience before my dad got cancer, I was like, that's some, that cancer thing is something that happens to other people, other people's families, other people's lives, and then whenever it like grounded me or humbled me really in a, in a second. And I was like, fuck, this is real. Um. And it like instantly gave me a, I wanted to like, you know, kind of slap the younger versions of me, but it gave me a, a deeper understanding and empathy for people in that position. But I I don't want to go too far into that before, um, I'll read this and then we can like continue on. I thought it was interesting too, though, after we had talked about, we wanted to do this podcast or that you had brought it to me or like wanted to share your thoughts and, and talk about it more. Um, I was reading this book called the obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday. And one of the chapters is meditate on your mortality. And, um, I'm like, I can't, so let's see. I'm looking for. the. Basically I'll just read like a couple little snippets. um, uh, this guy, I guess, had a near-death experience. He's like coming so close to death, uh, energized him, made him curious. No longer was death something to be afraid of. Looking, looking it in the eyes had been a relief, even inspiring. Death doesn't make life pointless, but rather purposeful. Unfortunately, we don't have to nearly die to tap into this energy. And he like talks a little bit more um, but it's like our fear of death is a looming obstacle in our lives. It shapes our decisions, our outlook and our actions. Um, but it doesn't like, it, it's all like, I guess the perspective that we choose to look at it. It's like we can ex- come to an, a level of acceptance with death and it's like, okay, then how are we going to meet it? And for me, I know I want to have a damn good dash. Like I want, yeah. want my birth and death days <laughs> to have meaning and purpose. And I feel also feel that, death helped me channel some of the grief into purpose. Um, for sure. Yeah. I know know. you mentioned, oh, I know you mentioned that like opened up Pandora's box or that some like past experiences had resurfaced since your dad died. And how, what did you mean by that?
1: Um, yeah, I want to also just say that, um, This person in this book said to me, or, well, I mean, obviously it spoke to me in this verses said to me, but it spoke to me in a way that he says, we all share two of the most monumental moments in life and it's birth and death. And I feel like we celebrate birth so much. And then we get so sad Mm -hmm. when a person passes or when we do meet our Our day of death. And if we can find a way to live life so happy and joyous that when we do come to that moment of death, that we know that we, you know, we have that dash or we know that we lived it the way that we wanted to live it. And instead of being sad about the fact that we are going to die, that we live it up and we live like it to the fullest. Um, But yeah, it did. um, Speaking on opening up. Pandora's box, it opened it up a lot. And it it's really interesting because I would have never expected for the death of my dad to open up me healing my relationship with my biological father, me understanding mm. that I never worked through sexual trauma. I never worked through the fact that you know, yeah, I found a, a happy medium in a sense where I'm I'm enjoying alcohol or extracurricular activities, but I was an addict, I feel like, for a while. And um I never really truly worked through those moments. Um, I also like it made me realize that I was using things like for example, marijuana as a crutch. And I started to get anxiety when I would smoke after um, this happened and I couldn't figure out why I was like, Oh, I used to use this all the time for me to relax and to be calm. And I don't have any, you know, ill will towards, you know, marijuana right now. I'm, I'm just taking a break because I'm realizing that for so long, I used it as a way to suppress the energy that wanted to be released. And I mm. was just keeping it in. So now I'm like, I'm o- I opened up the box and it is flowing freely. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a, a huge catalyst to me fixing or not fixing, but working through the things that I have neglected to work on, um, the things that I just kind of ignored and suppressed for a really long time. Um, mm. And it's really interesting. It's it's cool. I've I've created a really beautiful bond with my biological father, who is I don't even want to call him my biological father anymore. I want to be like he's my dad. Um, mm. And it's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. How, like the jaw, how did it spark it? Like, did you reach out? Did he reach out? Like, how did that? It was awkward. Rekindled? I will say it was awkward because
1: <laughs> we had already, you know, started to work on a relationship. Um, but to speak with him and be so sad about my stepfather passing away and being, I mean, it was, I, it was really hard to talk about like, expressing my feelings to him like showing him my grief for someone that raised me during a time that I wanted him to Mm -hmm. raise me Mm -hmm. um and then also being like sad that he didn't come to the funeral but being understanding of the fact that maybe there was a reasoning why he you know it was hard for him maybe you know um Mm -hmm. but it was a lot it was it was so much but now it's it's created this space for us to grow and to heal our relationship. And it's beautiful because I see myself in him so much. Like we look literally so much alike. It's crazy. And um, just being able to spend time with him and also share the grief and also the fact that he lost his dad too. So now we're capable of speaking on a, on a level of, of just understanding versus a dad and a daughter talking. It's now like, okay, I mean, we are a dad and a daughter talking, but now we're also just humans speaking about
0: the loss of somebody very close. Um, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, like seeing someone else and it's like there's a different depth, I feel like, and it's like, hey, I see you in your pain. I I, I know that pain. I understand it. Um, That's one of the things that I feel like it definitely – um, helped whenever, you know, in my last relationship, whenever his mom died, I remember having like a clear thought of like, okay, this, at least for me, it helped like give meaning or assign meaning to my dad's death. I was like, okay, I can be and meet someone and help them through the grief. Um, or like at least even, even if I'm not helping them at least understand it and see it. And I think I had told him like, look, just communicate with me. I know there's some days that you want company or you want extra support. And then there's some days where I wanted to be left alone. And so it's like, if I, I was able to voice that to him, which I don't know if I would have had that. I probably maybe wanted to parent or comfort in some way. and may have taken it personally if it, it hadn't been received. So, um, I definitely, no, I
1: agree. Henner the same, my boyfriend, you know, he lost his dad years ago um but he was able to be that support system for me and also it helped him mm. as well because he almost feels like he didn't fully grieve the loss of his dad as well and so it's just been a wonderful opportunity for us both to work on this together and I'm very grateful for him to be there for me um and I'm have an immense gratitude for the support that he's given me and whenever I'm crying, anxious, panic attacks, mad, sad, angry, like at all. And I'm just so grateful that he was there for me to be that support system, but also for me to be there for him too. I think it's very beautiful that there was a moment where I woke up in the middle of the night and I could hear him like he was whimpering in a dream. And I was so sad for him because I felt I just felt his sadness and he was asleep. And then the next morning, I wake up and I'm like, Are you okay? And he just starts breaking down crying. And he's like, My dad was at the foot of the bed and he was talking to me. And it was just the fact that energetically we are gifted these experiences with people for reasons is just beautiful. Like he was, you know, I wasn't there when his dad died, it was years ago, but now I'm in his life to be that support system. And we just are intertwining together in this moment for a reason.
0: And it's really beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I, it sounds like it's definitely bringing all closer. Even. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And have you had any experiences about the energetics yet? Um, like either dreams or energies there? Yeah. You know, um,
1: I was not mm-hmm. open to it at all. <laughs> i was not like i was (laughs) petrified of feeling him like connect with me or talk to me because i just was like i wanted him to be real like i wanted him to be there and so i was like no i don't want to feel this right now um oh i like multiple moments now where I have connected with him energetically I've heard his voice and I've even put on his clothes at times to just make myself feel like he's hugging me and like during a huge panic attack I was in Chicago and I felt like obligated to work even though I really knew I didn't want to but I felt like I had to and not because my work was making me feel that way but just because my how I am I'm a very um I'm a work-oriented person which I'm trying to work on ironically (laughs) (laughs) work-oriented person trying to work on it um but I was having anxiety before going into work because I knew I was gonna have to talk to thousands of people this is a very heavy Mm -hmm. place of full of energy where I was going into and was having a panic attack. I put on a song to try to like dance through it and it wasn't working. It just made it worse. And I almost like passed out in my hotel room and I put on his sweater and it was like, just talk to me. And he like came to me and not voices, but just energy like just surrounding me by putting on his sweater. Mm-hmm. And it was just a beautiful I don't know, beautiful moment. And ever since I've been connecting more to hearing him I slept in his bed recently. I just wanted to feel like what it was like to be there. And then I never left. I stayed at my parents' house for like two weeks and I slept in the bed the whole time. And I just would lay there at night and just hear him talk to him. And, you know, it's interesting because he was, he did not talk the last, like he, I guess a backstory, he was diagnosed with cancer and eight months is, all of the life that he was able to live after being diagnosed and um it was a very fast rapid thing and for him he got quiet and i never really knew why he got quiet and for a while i always thought that he was like mad or like didn't want to talk to us didn't want to communicate with us um my brothers felt the same we were just sad because we were like we wanted to communicate with him more and I started writing him letters and that was like his form of communication because I think he just didn't know really like how to fully express it. But now I'm able to talk to him and he talks to me back and it's it's so interesting. Mm. And there's nothing, there's no way to explain what it makes me feel like inside to hear, even though it's not his, like, it's not him actually there talking. It's his energetic voice speaking to me. It's, it's insane,
0: honestly. Um, no matter though. what you
1: believe in religiously, like it's, it, that's, that stuff is real, <laughs> you yeah. know?
0: Mm. Oh, I, I do. Um, I think it's beautiful that you've become more receptive to connecting to that, to the energy. I also, there's a part of me that's like, maybe that's some of your, your witchiness being able to connect to him or speak to him too. But I also think that we all do have the ability to, if we so choose. Um, yeah, there was something that comforted me like not too long after my dad died. And, um, it was a a guy friend of mine talking to me about like the energy transference. He's like, you know, you're in the womb and that's the world that, you know, and then you come in and you're burst into the life as we know it. Um, and then when you die, who's to say that you don't go and transfer your energy just transfers into a world that we don't know of yet. Um, and so I remember like feeling that and giving it so much, it giving me so much peace. And then also, you know, it was the most, um, at once I got back to California after my dad died, I was partially the most sober that I've ever been in my life, probably aside from right now, (laughs) but, um, and like, I remember like having dreams and, um, communicating through dreams or like seeing like apparitions. Um, and I'm like, I know I'm not hallucinating. Like, I know this is real. And then there were several books on grief and, and dying and signs that I read over the years that I'm like, okay, there's definitely something to this. Um, one in particular is called signs. Um, and, and she talks about like how to communicate or how to strengthen communication from this side to that side, And I remember um, playing around with it a little bit. And it's been interesting, even recently, the times that like I'll receive a sign um, after I met CR and I had the thought like, you know, I, I wish that my dad could have met him. um, uh, And then like going somewhere, being out and about and then hearing like a Credence Clearwater song because that was like my sign. I'm like, okay, anytime I know I hear this, I know you're with me. I know. Or just like feeling that sense of peace come over me too. So it's really interesting. Uh, I totally believe in that stuff. Oh yeah. I was at the
1: beach and I wrote, well, first I wrote in my journal before leaving for the beach. I said, I want to find something. Well, I'm doing like a five minute journal and it's one of the questions is, um, three things that you want to happen in the day. And I said, I would love to find something at the beach that reminds me of my dad. And I found this, I have it. Okay, wait, I got to show you it.
0: It's kind of cool. Actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So he and I, we shared like a love for finding things on the beach. We would, anytime we were on the beach together, we'd always go looking for something. And I sat down to meditate and I was sitting there and I felt, I kept feeling something on my bottom, but I was, you know, you're supposed to in meditation, you're supposed to allow (laughs) sensations to disappear. (laughs) And I was, I was sitting on this. Which I don't know if you can see
0: it, but it's a sea urchin. It's fuzzy. Oh, it's a sea urchin. Okay. Okay. Now I see it. It's fuzzy because I think the recording is going on and it's trying to, you know, do its thing, but I can see the outline of it. And I think it'll work and for I the was... video.
1: Well, hopefully. This thing is so cool. You're like, and... how did you
0: not move? I, mean, you I been really trying to get that sea urchin because I was thinking like a little pebble or rock and that thing's like several inches across. I was like, could, I was like... <laughs>
1: You can do it. You can do it. Well, it was like buried understand, so I wasn't feeling the whole thing, you know? Um okay. and but I was like, You can do it, Tracy. I was in such a good state and like I felt so amazing and I just didn't want to move. But it was really fun that I found that afterwards. So I definitely feel like the more open and more receptive you are, the more you're going to receive and mm-hmm. I'm open. I'm here for it. So Mm-hmm.
0: I love too that I, I feel like I think of or almost get signs from your dad too not signs but like just like little like just even being in Milwaukee the other day and like seeing the big Peter belt and um I'm just like mm, I wonder if he came here because he, he yeah
1: amazing soul sister like, and love- he
0: loved you yeah we are and like I think even like at the beginning I like I had felt like an urge. And I don't know if I ever spoke to it, but just to like, let you know that, that you were so loved and, and supported. And I feel like with, with death, although also comes the release of any restrictions that men feel in this life, you know, on like, you know, he probably was raised, like my dad was like, suppress your emotions. Don't show, um, you know, or, or along the lines of emotions or weakness or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, um, he, one less, time excessive.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I I was sitting with him one time on the couch and um he was hungry, but he had esophageal cancer, so his he the tumor in his throat was so big that his whole way, his passageway was very small. So finding something to eat was really hard for him. And I kept asking him with just like unawareness to the fact that he was just it it was hard for him to find something to eat. And I kept saying, you know, I'll go get you something like, let me know. And I could see that he wanted to cry and he like looked out the window and just said, can you go get me chips and queso? But I knew he couldn't eat like he wasn't going to be able to do it, but I think he just wanted me to leave so that he could cry. And Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I feel, you know, that that generation definitely suppressed a lot and it, woke me up to realizing that i don't want to do that like i want to cry in front of my family like i want to release because who knows what that moment like crying alone like i know he probably cried with my mom but like crying alone without your kids there to like comfort you i can't imagine what that would feel like you know
0: yeah or allowing the support of your kids to comfort you right yeah I mean, I know too. Like, my dad was very much in the same way. Like, um, didn't really speak to any of the pain, or you know, didn't like fully lean into the. I guess the allowance of support, like, because in a way that would kind of be like the parental role in a way shifting at that time, right? Like, if you were the nurt- nurturer, and um, and maybe that. They weren't comfortable with that. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, men,
1: men have these <laughs> societal roles that, you know, relaxing into that space of like, now my daughter is going to be the one helping me. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. allow me to help him with really anything. I remember he was so pissed that I took him. He had, you know, chemo makes you a little loopy sometimes and he had lost his balance and fell in the kitchen and it scared the shit out of me and an hour later he wants to go to the gym and I'm like no fuck no <laughs> and yeah. i i not only told him i'm taking you to the gym if you're going but i also had a guy that i knew who's a dear friend of our family i was like can you go to the gym and just watch him and i know that that just irked him he was like no because if anybody knew my dad he was like this like muscular very unhealthy shape yeah. like masculine yeah. yeah and he was like no I do not want my daughter taking me to the gym and picking me up and I remember he waited outside and he was only outside for like a couple of minutes but he was like texting me where are you how many more minutes how many more minutes and he like stood on the corner away oh, so from the you. entrance Finally. Yeah. But then he like stood on the corner around it, like where the entrance, nobody could see him as they were going in and out because he was like, I'm not, I don't want anybody to know that I'm being picked up by my daughter because, and it's, you know, obviously those are, that is not something that I would display for myself. now seeing that. And I'd want to work on, if I am going to have something that ever happens to me, I want to work on that, but I don't want to focus on the fact that that was some, his attitude because his attitude was actually amazing during this time. Um, I've never seen like someone so incredible. secure.
0: Yeah. I've never seen I mean, someone like, so cure in death. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you think that he had come to peace with the, the fact that he was going to die?
1: Oh yeah, I think he already knew, and like he was mm-hmm. so secure with it. He was very secure with the fact that, yeah. and that was something that was inspiring for me because I would be freaking out.
0: Yeah, his faith probably helped him in that aspect. I'd assume.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, most. Um, I mean, your dad had incredible energy. I, there's just like one story that I want to share. Um, like the Eagles concert, like, hmm. so in 2018, um, this would be, I guess, five years after my dad had died. And um, Tracy and I had been friends for like three or four years at the time. And um, so he got tickets to the Eagles for Tracy and I think a couple of our friends from uh, Canada. And so they all flew in and I'm like, well, I want to go too. So flew down to Austin, we drove up and my dad and I, I lo- we love the Eagles. Our favorite song was um, Seven Bridges Road. I had seen them in uh, 2014 and they didn't play it. And it was, so I was like fresh off my dad's death. And I was like, man, I really wanted to hear that song. And um, like, he, I remember him like looking up the playlist or the set list. And he's like, oh, Kristen, I, he's like I don't want to make any promises, but I think they're going to play it. And like when it came on, it was the opening song. And it still gives me chills to this day. Um, it's like, I feel like, I feel like they're like maybe in cahoots together, <laughs> No, but it was just <laughs> such a beautiful moment. And like for him to have that level of compassion and caring for, to look it up for me to, you know, cause he knew how special or important it was to me. And I just think that's beautiful and speaks to his character.
1: Yeah. He was honestly like, cared so much about my friends and cared so much about all everybody, you know, Um, I have never met somebody so incredibly genuine to everyone. Like I think one time I ever saw him mad in my entire like existence of knowing him. Like I literally (laughs) only ever saw him mad one time. I mean, it was just incredible how much he focused on making my friends happy or, like I went through his oh. Instagram afterwards, and I saw how many people mm. he would communicate with. Like he would send mm. like memes or like videos to just all of my friends, my boyfriend. Yeah, it was <laughs> just... he was
0: one of my favorite. <laughs> He's one of my favorite people to chat with on Instagram. I loved watching his stories because he'd be like flipping tires over or like cooking fajitas are, and like he would, him and Chanel, I think had a shared playlist where they had like songs together and they'd be like, Oh, or he would send songs like add this to your playlist or something like that. And so I just, I mean, absolutely love that. I know I've been down his Spotify
1: road and I'm like, he has playlists <laughs> with literally everyone. And there's people I'm like, what? <laughs> like there's a guy that I know from, uh, not high school, college, And one time, uh, Rob and I, we went to um, go, it was like feeding the city. I can't remember. I think it's like something Tango Tab or something like that. But um, we were there and I see these guys from college that I know. And just one time, Rob and this guy meet, talk, have a great time. I randomly am in Tulum for New Year's and I see this guy and he's like, girl, you have to see, I have been messaging with your dad, like all the time about cigars for the last like three years, I'm like <laughs> he met you one time and that was just how he is. He meets somebody one time and you're his best friend. So it was yeah. really awesome.
0: You know, I think that's special when that um, you can meet someone a couple once or twice and inform a connection and they're just like, um, almost too, like, they have your undivided tension or like they're the only person in the room in some ways. Um, yeah. Like, the makes like that makes me want to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to me. Pres- oh no, no. Like just like, yeah, his, the level of presence, I guess, or like being such a joy or a light to, to so many people
1: definitely want to live know. with, with that. I know. So yeah. what are some things when you're, after your dad died, what are some things that you, um, kind of catapulted you into changing certain things about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, did you start portraying certain things in a different way? Did you start doing things differently? What are some yeah, of those? You know,
0: um, I think I, for, for the initial period, I would say like the first six to nine months, maybe six, six months, a good six months, or at least I like there time, their d- days and days where I didn't leave my apartment. However, though, I think that at some point, you know, it shifted from like, why did this happen to me to like, okay, maybe this happened because I was strong enough to handle it. Or maybe, you know, like, what is this supposed to be teaching this, teaching me like that sort of thing. And I kind of realized too, like, you know, with the, with it being what seemed to me fleeting, at least in this human (laughs) um, or in this formation, right. I I think I started channeling my energy into my creative desires. Like I, I remember there's a couple of key books that I read, um, like Tuesdays with Maury and The Artist's Way. Um, and really now like Artist's Way is geared towards creativity, but it's also very healing and spiritual, like a spiritual path for creativity. And I I would just go on walks and then come back and like journal and like have my conversations with with uh my dad in my journal. Um, And like, cause I would go on my walk and like, I would see things that would spur memories. And so I feel like that was very healing too. Um, But I started, I signed up for an an acting class and um, I remember like in the acting class, we had to create these scenarios and um, I created the scenario that my character or me (laughs) uh, was coming in or had just found out about uh, her dad dying it was very new. It was like, it resonated with me. I'm like, okay, I know. No, that'll get some emotions (laughs) from the well sprung. I'll I'll cry. And um, they actually had a a chat with us afterwards about, you know, having a little time or space in between like things that are so much that are so fresh because it could tell that it was like a fresh wound or like something, something spurred out of me. However, I also think it was probably healing you know, I didn't have this conscious thought then, but like looking back, you know, retrospectively, it was probably very healing to have uh, me experience that or be witnessed in the pain um, or be witnessed in the grief. But yeah, I'd say I'd started signing up for like writing and acting classes again. And um, then I wrote a, I made a short film and like coincidentally, it just happened to be about a dying man recollecting on the two lost loves of his life. And, um, so it put me in the perspective or in the shoes to think about, like, I wonder what my dad was thinking of processing, you know, as he got closer to to death or as he got, you know, if he, he hadn't even accepted it, I don't, I don't know. Um, but so I just started taking like little things like that. And then also though, I kind of had like resigned to a, a new normal, like what I thought was like a new baseline. I was like, okay, I, I had met the, the peak of happiness in my life. And that was with my dad living in it. Um, and so I kind of had like, just thought I was going to be at this new baseline that included like bouts of despair or depression or um, that sort of thing. And it wasn't until uh, 2017, I think whenever I took a plant medicine journey and like felt his presence and. Um. And like, was like, oh my God, you've been here the whole time. How could I even think that you abandoned me and was like crying and, uh, smiling at the same time, um, that it helped reset the button on joy and like really begin to live, I think, vibrantly or authentically again. And like now I have a completely new relationship with death and in some ways, like my relationship with my dad has grown since his death. I have a lot more compassion for him. I have a lot more understanding. He lost his dad at fourteen, so I also think that there's like an interesting, you know, harmony or balance between, you know, me also like ending the generational curse, um, to, or to feel the pain that he never felt or processed, Um, and so it's like I, there's a little bit of me too. It's like, hey, you're a spiritual badass. <laughs> you signed <laughs> up to do this, <laughs> and, and and I will say too, like in the depths of the darkness, like I read something or thought about like, you know, equals and opposites. And I was like, fuck, if I feel this dark, then there's got to be a tremendous amount of light that I get to feel. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got to oh, yeah. get there. <laughs> so whether it's like, you know, I think of the analogy of like when I would be riding uphill on my bicycle and I knew that like, okay, if I can just fucking put one pedal down in front of the other, I'll eventually make it. I'll eventually get to that top of that hill and I'll get the joyous downhill <laughs> ride. It may feel like I want to stop, but even if I have to stop and get out and push it sometimes. <laughs> oh my God, no. yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I feel that <laughs> heavy right now. Like, oh, there was a moment recently where I was lying on a floor while I was at work I was, I never really gave myself a moment to just chill. Like, I started work like two and a half weeks, three weeks after my dad died, and I just went straight into working. And I thought that that was going to keep my mind like active and off of things. And I'm very, like, I feel people's energy heavy no matter where I am, like, airport, anywhere. Like, I feel it. And I was, having a crazy experience where this wave of energy was taking my breath away. And I was, I didn't know what to do. So I laid on the floor in like the back of our, we have like a little break room and I laid on the floor and a girl that worked with us, uh, she comes in and I'm like, can you go get Susie? And Susie, I'm working with her. She's a friend of mine as well. Um, and I'm like, please, I just need you to go get her. She's like, Are you okay? And I'm like, just please go get her. And at the time another coworker of mine walks in and then Susie shortly after, and both of them were like holding me and I'm laying there and I can't move my fingers. I'm turning pale because I'm like not breathing, obviously. And I'm like, I'm gonna pass out, but I'm on the ground. So I'm like, don't know what to do. And I'm tensing up, like getting lobster hands and in this moment, like all of a sudden I could breathe. Like I'm like feeling, obviously they're rubbing me. They're like holding my arms and they're talking to me. They're Susie's telling me to breathe. She's like teaching me this breath that now I do all the time where you like breathe deep and through your nose and you, ah, and sorry, that's probably so loud, but it's, <laughs> I don't even care where I'm. Yes, it is an ISTA breath. And now I don't care where I am. I will ISTA breath it. And I'm like, I will. She told me to put two fingers in my mouth like this and then breathe. And that's like the, the depth your mouth needs to be open to breathe. And like, you can also do three fingers. But basically in that moment, I was like, Oh my gosh! Like, what am I doing? Like, I had worked so long when I was young on my anxiety, and I used to have anxiety really bad, like through middle school and high school. Um, and I had like worked hard on moving past this anxiousness, and like obviously everybody's gonna have a little bit of like stress and anxiety, but like I was having it all the time, and I had worked really hard on relieving that 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 feeling. And all of a sudden, it came back to surface to the point where I was having these like utter panic attacks. Like it was crazy. And in regards to what you were saying, how it, you know, it, it pushes you to do something different. It pushes you to move forward and continue on, but also to like rise a little bit above what you were, or even a, a lot above what you were doing before. And so I'm like uber focused right now on, my sole purpose, what I want to do with my life. I'm being more creative. I'm, you know, after, after this, and after I eat my lunch, my boyfriend and I were doing like a manifestation station where we're going to sit and we are going to manifest what I want to do with my life and how he's going to intertwine with it. And I have never really fully taken those steps into being creative in a way of like, I have all these visions, but I never put them into like, I I don't. I don't ever write them down, or I don't, you know, create visual of what it's going to look like to me. Um, I just keep it up here, and then I'll speak Mm -hmm. about it. But I never actually go into action. And so now we're going to do that because I'm, I'm honestly, I'm tired of keeping all of these thoughts and and creativeness in my mind. I want to put it down on paper. I want to also have it come into fruition, and I I want to remove myself from this blockage that I have or have had for a while. And I'm very, I'm incredibly grateful. And it's almost, it's really crazy to me that I had to experience something like this for it to happen. But I'm so grateful in a way because Mm -hmm. there's bits of my dad coming through. There's bits of my dad saying like, you're capable, you're strong, you're willing, you're able. Like, it's i it's so in a way like i don't want this to ever happen to someone where this is what forces you into into that you know kicking it into gear mode um but sometimes it takes that and they always say like you have to hit like a little bit rock bottom for you to like move your way up to have the phoenix rise and like maybe this is something that is just kicking my butt in gear and it's an unfortunate way that it had to happen, but I'm I'm so ready to start focusing and doing something different with my life and not worrying so much about like I live in like scarcity even when I'm not. I feel like I've always lived that way and I don't know why. I've I've just I mean, I do know some of the reasons why, but I don't know fully why when like, I know I'm okay. I know I'm safe. I know I have everything I need, but I will still continue to live that way. And so instead of going towards the things that would bring purpose to my life, I work jobs that, I mean, I enjoy them because obviously I'm still, you know, I'm still in them, but I'm doing them more for money versus purpose. And now I'm, I'm really focused. I'm like, I want to do those things, but also still mm-hmm. find what brings me joy and, and display that versus continuing to talk about it and have it flutter around in my mind.
0: Yeah, I, I'd say that it's definitely then a catalyst for creating your, um, your life, how, how you want to live it. Um, I, and there's a lot of resonance in what you're saying too. It's like, even though I love and I'm grateful for the opportunity that I just recently came off with BMW, it was also like being, you know, contrast. the contrast illuminates in some ways. Cause I'm like, okay, um, I was able to channel a lot of. Uh, my grief and into creativity, and I found a lot of purpose through the pain. And you know, I feel like it really became a power and like wrote a book and that sort of thing. But then there's like, hey, okay, now what? <laughs> and like, I don't want to continue to work with BMW in this capacity unless, you know, unless it shifts in a way that I can't see right now um, that it has a little more creativity. <laughs> I don't know if I want to stay there. Like, I do want to live more aligned. And so, like, I'm at a similar spot where I'm like, okay. What do I want to create, like business wise? How to, how do I want to support myself? And so I'm like kind of rehashing some things too, um, and that's it's it's definitely like this. Even today, like I had blocked out some time. I was like, okay, I'm going to you know do this podcast with Tracy. I'm going to do 100 minutes of content creation. But then I was like, hold up, <laughs> let me take a step back because I had seen some video about like, if you do like a hundred minutes a day for blah, 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 you'll, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'll just get in the habit. And I was like, I need to back up. I'm like, what am I going to be creating content for? Like, <laughs> like, do, how do I want to channel this? You know, which direction I want to go into, not just right. to create it for <laughs> creative, right? But like, how do I want it? What do I want it to support? Cause I want it to have, like, do I want it to be the podcast or so my book, a business, like that, what, how do I, what I want it to do? <laughs> Um, yeah. so I feel like I'm like, let's move this to next week. I need to carve out some time to really sit with myself and like my desires and like kind of like your manifestation thing, like journal and like, think about my creations and my visions and that sort of thing. Like, yeah. How, and I, I, I feel... think this is how we want to live joy joyfully and like what we want to create.
1: Oh yeah. I feel like sometimes my ideas are like here, 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 here 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 (laughs) and then i'm like okay i do have all these things that i like and want to do but how am i going to you know bring them all together into the center and them all work synergetically together and wait is that the right word yes yeah yes i think yeah (laughs) working all together versus saying like oh i want to do this so like for example I would love to have a hot yoga studio. I also want to have a cafe. I also want to have a, a workspace for people to come together and network and commun- and like build a community. I want, you know, I want to create natural products and, and natural teas and natural just have this garden where I can take my herbs and dry them and give them to people. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to find a way to manifest all of this into one. And I'm going to create a space where I can have all of these things come together as one. And, but in order for me to do that, like I have to do the work and I have to actually sit down and do numbers. Where am I going to do this? Where is this space going to be? Um, and, You know, how am I going to actually create this and allow it to grow if I'm not actually focusing on it? So, I'm also why I'm reading this Powering of Unwavering Focus because
0: I think I'm going to put that in my Amazon cart.
1: (laughs) You need to, because, like, honestly, it's putting a lot into perspective that the energy that we put into things. So, actually, this is so crazy. Let me read this
0: to you um, because this is. I was like, okay, this I makes totally a lot of sense. Did. That too. It was like the intentionality and like what we put our attention on expands too. And like, I feel like our attention is our energy in some ways. Yeah. Um, I also you want to know, say, I feel like you've been planning C's and you've been working towards this, maybe at not a rate or a speed that you'd like for it to be done, but you've, you've been sampling teas. You've been giving your friends teas, getting feedback. I feel like I want to speak to that and be like, you've done more than I think you're giving yourself credit for.
1: Thank you. I know I need to stop. I need to. I need to shift the way that I see to myself. Practice that nonviolent communication. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know where this is, but basically, what it says is that um, if we are, you know, given this life, and we know that we have this expectancy, whenever it's a shorter expectancy of how long we're going to live we tend to hmm. put the things and people that are not as important to us at the top of the list than we do the people that are actually like important and we care for we put them at the bottom of the list and i know it's really interesting and so interesting. Yeah, i know i wish i could find this but I, there was too many words and i was trying to Yeah. It. Um but it says, like, basically that um, we give more energy to, like, for example, if our boss is like, if you don't do this right now, you're going to be fired. And we're like, oh, oh, God, okay. Like, I, I okay, I'll do it, you know. Um, but then we're putting that energy towards something that, I mean, whether you stay or go, does your boss really care for you in that moment? Like, if they really, uh-huh. if you're that uh dispendable, like. Are you going mm-hmm. to be, you know, that important to him to where you're putting that much importance on what he wants you to do or she wants you to do? Um, that we need to like shift our focus onto the things that actually truly matter to us. And those things are the people who give you that positive energy, that positive feel when you're around them, the things that mm-hmm. bring you that joy, that, that purpose, that sense of like (laughs) peace and happiness and passion. Yeah. And so I'm starting to like, weeding out some things.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's a good point. Oh, I got the trimmers out. And I I remember seeing a video or something about like your company, a company that you work for is going to have a job listing probably out before your obituary is posted. Oh and gosh, and like speaking in, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that hurts hearing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, and, and, uh, you know, I was reading something too. And um, I, you know, ever since we like put death, my, I guess my, things have been like coming to the surface and then like one of the exercises that I came across is like uh, writing your obituary like from today and like do you like what it's what it says and like how well how are you going to choose to shift it like what do you want to create to be you know what do you want to be read in your obituary at the end of your life um and you know I think that I want to say this and I want to say it with tenderness and care, but you know, your dad also had like a beacon of retirement for a long time. And it kind of put things in perspective for me um, because I was like, you know, it was this um, like totem it's like, okay, after that, I can like do whatever I want. And then like, how long was it after he retired that, you know, he had to deal with this. And um, so it's like, to me, like puts uh, highlights or perspective on like the power of now and presence and living today because we aren't guaranteed. We don't know our end date, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. Y'all, um, my dad literally got diagnosed months after retirement. And then eight months later after being diagnosed, he passed away and he had saved up, you know, flight miles, hotel Mm. points saved up money to go and had all these, you know, trips planned, Galapagos Islands, Seychelles Islands, New Zealand, everything. And he worked at a company for, I mean, it was, I think it's like 42 years or something or more, 43. And he dedicated so much time to something that was going to, yes, provide him with, the, the ability to go and do what he wanted to but if you don't have the time to do it like what is the whole point and that's something that I'm shifting like I am constantly like oh questioning should I spend that money on that should I do this and like yeah like bank accounts great but like am I missing out on opportunities because I'm you know, wanting my bank account to have a certain amount of numbers in it, like no, I'm not gonna do that shit anymore, and I am I'm gonna take the trips, and I'm gonna go to the places that I wanna go, and I'm not gonna worry or ruin you know certain things for me because I'm worried about a dollar sign um yeah. they always say you can't take it when you go, and you cannot <laughs> you for sure cannot, so um, yeah, take the trip, take the flight go on a road trip, hang out Mm -hmm. with, you know, spend the money on your health, your wellness, spend the money on food. Oh my God. Delicacies to me are like (laughs)
0: good
1: good food. And I will now like occasionally when I'm like going to drink wine, I'm going to have a good, a good glass of wine and I'm going to have, I'm going to pay that money on sushi or I don't even care. Like I used to think, God, why is sushi so expensive? Fish is not that, you know, not that expensive. Rice is cheap. Seaweed's cheap. What is going on here? Cucumbers are cheap. Avocados are cheap. Like, why is it so expensive? And now I'm like, absolutely fucking not. I'm worth (laughs) Because What's the point of us working?
0: Exactly. You know, and that's a good reminder for me because right now I have more money than I have ever had in my life. And there's a part of me that I can sense wants to like, hold on to it. And like, I'm like, no, let the river flow. <laughs> yes. I like, I think it's smart to have like some, some savings and that sort of thing. But also like, is it like, you know, is it controlling me? Is it restricting me? Or like, am I limiting my, um, a, you know, ex- ability to live or like my, you know, experiences because I want to keep a certain number. So I think like even you speaking to it reminds me too where I'm at. Um, and, and I see how fortunate it is to, to have that as a problem too. Like, let me, let's be real. But, um, yeah, I would just say that I can see also too, that you going on these trips and stuff for him is like also a way to like live his legacy. And and do things in His spirit and honor and create. Oh yeah, you know, live, on, live on.
1: Y'all are gonna catch me on the Seychelles Islands. Oh my God, I, let's plan
0: a trip soon too because
1: <laughs> New <laughs> Zealand
0: day, uh, time away. <laughs> oh, you know, four and a half months without any of my close close friends or interactions with my close close friends, and I I miss you and I I miss my friends. I realize oh, how same. Like I need that. <laughs> And so let's, let's get it on the books. We this will. Book somewhere um,
1: <laughs> let's do it. I'm down. I am getting that itch. And yeah, like in speaking on that, it is so hard when everybody ends up living all over the place. Like mm-hmm. me, I'm in another country. You're in mm-hmm. another state now. Like yeah. it's. I know it's so crazy and like finding that time and finding that place to meet in the middle is so hard but like do it it is so rewarding when you see your friends I miss y'all like it is insane like I love my boyfriend but I don't want to see him all the time
0: (laughs) same when I love too that at least like He's like, he's like, I want you to have your own experiences and adventures. He's like that; those you bring back to the relationship and enrich my life too. Like they shift and mold you as a person. I'm like, yeah, you don't want me. With all right. <laughs> Even like this has been so like healing and nourishing for for me. Like if I'm I like, free, love, love you, listeners, but like I needed this time with you, and and I really appreciate you coming on and. Um, like the truth of the moment where you guys helped me in so many ways, like where I'm sitting at today, and I can only imagine, like, too, like how it will help other people listening. And like this, your openness and vulnerability is just like mm, juicy and yeah. inspiring, and just like that was my intention before coming on here. Is like I just want to share openly and honestly, and then like let it let it reach who it needs to reach.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, y'all. This is a full circle thing. I met Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> in a moment where how many years it was since your dad had passed when we met I think it was a year and a half like a year and a half I'm up on two year year and a half two years and now here we are coming back in full circle and mm. now it's me and mm. y'all if if I wasn't receptive or she wasn't receptive like what we could have missed like it's been so mm. beautiful
0: and oh I just that- Tracy, I needed you too. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so like, totally grateful. dark. <laughs> and so I'm fucking grateful for you and our friendship. Say like, thank you be there God. in any way for you. Like you know, that also speaks to and gives like purpose to me, like through all the dark moments that I had and like, if I can hold space and just like be there for you and like, or go on an adventure, like whatever it is that you need, (laughs) you know, maybe somewhere, um, girl, um, we're um, going somewhere soon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are. Oh, thank Mm. you though. I really am grateful for this.